Welcome back to the No Greater Joy podcast. This is brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church, uh, because what Pastor Steve and myself, what we want for our people is what Jesus wants for his people, and that is to know greater joy by stepping into the areas that we've identified that bring no greater joy for you as God's people than being a 24-7 worshiper, being a go person, and being an alongsider. And so I am uh, Ryan Adkins, the associate pastor here at Grace, and sitting across from me today is... Steve Strong, uh, lead pastor here at Grace. All right, and then always a big thanks to Dan uh, Craniac, who takes care of producing this podcast for us. And so in this episode today, we want to continue a conversation we've already started in our previous episode. And so if you haven't listened to that one yet, pause here, go back to that one. Uh, But we're talking about uh, these spiritual growth categories and kind of this spectrum and these four benchmarks of identifying others for uh, where they are spiritually. And so, uh, Steve, why is it important that, just to revisit briefly our last episode, why is it important that we do this? Well, you know, I think we're really, we're trying to identify some general spiritual characteristics. So we're trying to, trying to take seriously, really, and be intentional with this aim of being an alongsider, being able to intentionally develop relationships with other believers and to be a catalyst for their own spiritual growth, to come alongside and say, hey, let's let's grow in our Christ-likeness, let's walk toward Jesus together. And so the big question oftentimes is, my goodness, how do, you know, how do I do that? And so I think it's helpful to, all right, well, let's try to identify what are some large umbrella spiritual categories for people. You know, is there anything in Scripture that kind of, you know, give some category to this process of spiritual growth that we can try to identify so that I can be intentional in helping them to progress through those categories, right? Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gives us, I think, some useful lens, a useful rubric, if you want to call it, to kind of try to work through. Mm -hmm. And I... but. The caveat to that that I think we mentioned last time was, you know, and we're sitting here, we have a document, we have a, a paper that plots things out, that has these columns and nice rows to them, and not everybody fits that perfectly. Mm-hmm. There's ebb and flow, there's movement, there's back and forth, there's uh, certain areas of our lives that we're maybe making a little more progress than in other areas, and so it's not perfect, but I think it nonetheless is still helpful for us, and it mm-hmm. helps us just to to have a more evaluated walk with Christ because i think it's very easy for us individually but also with others is just kind of we just kind of plot and go and mm-hmm. we don't step back and try to to evaluate in order to be more intentional so i think i think in general that's the use and the helpful uh, nature kind of of our of our mm-hmm. conversation, kind of working through these things. And even just to add to that, just not only just the evaluation part, but even the piece of, all right, now, okay, I've, eval- I've evaluated where this person is, now how do I yes, engage? absolutely. And it kind of helps to, I know that's where we can get locked up in our alongsiding, in our evangelism, is just, all right, now how do I reach this person? How do I, what do I have to offer? To Well, this kind of gives you a little bit of that grid to understand and sure. work through. Yep. And so in the first episode, we talked about uh, the natural person or somebody who is spiritually dead. Uh, Steve, are there a couple of just highlights that you want to mention there of kind of cue us back in, then we'll move into our next category? Yeah, so we're 
is we kind of draw out these four main categories that we see. I think Scripture kind of leads us toward in, in, in this process of spiritual growth, um, those four being, you know, a person being natural or, or spiritually dead, the natural person, a carnal person, a spiritual person, and a spiritual leader. Those are four main categories, and in each of those categories we're looking at trying to, okay, so what are some of the defining characteristics of a person within those categories? And so the first category that we looked at was the natural person, we, um, person who is just spiritually dead. And so there's three main responses. What is the response to the Word of God? How does the natural person respond to God himself? How does the natural person respond to sin? And so that natural person, there's no light, there's no understanding to the Word of God, uh, to God himself. There's just no evidence. It's not as if, it's not like, oh, I... I've never heard of a God. I've never heard of Jesus. But there's a there's just a rejection and a walking away from. There's no conviction of who God is. There's no sense of trying to please God. And when it comes to sin, there's no conviction. There's no regret. There's no remorse. There's no repentance. It's um, in that river of uh, the course of this world, as John would say, there, there's just a, a continuing and going with that current rather than um, a turning from it. And so our goal for them is we want to see spiritual life, and that happens through the gospel. Salvation is the great need, and so we are working tirelessly with those who are spiritually dead in our life, with these natural, a person who is, is a natural person, and just bringing the gospel to bear in their lives and um, praying and asking God to to save them, to make mm-hmm. them alive. So, All right, so that's a great recap of natural. So let's move into our next category, moving along our spectrum here in, in this grid, uh, is the carnal category, or we've likened it to an infant. And yeah, so... Could so you, what's a general description, key passages, those sorts of things that kind of help us understand who falls within this category. Yeah, so the next three... The carnal person, spiritual believer, and a, and a spiritual leader. These next three, we're all talking about those that have accepted Christ as their Savior. So th- these are the people that God has, as Ephesians 2, as Paul writes, he's made them alive. Mm-hmm. There has been this regeneration, this new birth, as Jesus tells um, Nicodemus. So there's spiritual life. Uh, these are believers, all right? And so a general description really kind of works off of a couple different key scriptures, and there's really just two that I want to highlight, and I'll read them. I think, I think we have time for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, um, Paul writes, But I, brothers, could not address you. He's challenging these Christians, all right? But I, brothers, and he uses categorical language, all right? I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. And of the flesh, the flesh there, uh, if we were to transliterate that, it's carnal, all right? And then he says, so brothers, I couldn't address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. He says, I fed you, thinking about his time with them, reflecting back on that, and recalling that in their minds, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, even 
uh, and even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh, behaving only in a human way? And then Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 into chapter 6, um, the author would write, for, through, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he's a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on toward maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, laying out of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. So the author of Hebrews, Paul in 1 Corinthians, he's using kind of this categorical language that we're trying to adopt and use. But I, it's also interesting that he's using almost kind of physical growth as he's kind of adopting those physical growth language terms for spiritual growth mm-hmm. because he's like your your infants as infants and so there is a point in a believer's life where there is spiritual infancy mm-hmm. all right and so we've used the word carnal and so this a person comes to know Jesus Christ they are made alive and they're spiritual infants Paul would describe them as people of the flesh. There's a carnality where now he's exhorting the Corinthians, saying, listen, you should not still be infants. <laughs> right. You know, you should be more mature than what you are. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, he uses that idea of infancy and as people of the flesh. So the, these scriptures, I, I think, kind of give us a general description and the key idea, and I think the best way to describe this as this carnal is a spiritual infant. And I think the best illustration of this is a physical infant, a newborn person. And, you know, maybe to stimulate some thought about that. I mean, your your children, you're, mm-hmm. you have, my children are older, mm-hmm. years are younger, You've kind of just walked through an infant stage. How would you describe that? How would you describe an infant? Well, they're totally dependent. <laughs> there's there's no self-sufficiency. There is, you know, everything that they need <laughs> has to be provided to an extent. And yep. even thinking about you know, these authors, whether it's Paul or the author of Hebrews, like this idea of milk, not solid food, like even thinking through with our youngest, um, just because he's the most recent, but as he's, he starts on a liquid only diet. And as we start to introduce foods, he has to learn how to handle those foods. Even if something as simple as a Cheerio, which as adults, we would just grab and pop in our mouth, chew them up and swallow them. But He's gagging on it. He doesn't know if he's supposed to chew it, lick it, you know? And so, like, there's this kind of uh, coaching and teaching and guiding and helping. And 
um, that comes along with that transition off of this liquid diet. And so, um, yeah, it's just this dependency upon somebody else to help lead and um, guide and provide for them. I think every mother and father, every parent of an infant would just love for that infant in the middle of the night to think, oh, mom and dad could really use a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cry tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's one thing I do remember, like, <laughs> with our kids as infants, like, that first night where they slept through the night was like, Oh, my word. That's right. Oh, glory to God. This is amazing. Like, I think we've forgotten what a full night's sleep is like. Um, But you think about our the infants is, you're right, I'm glad you used that term. There's just total and complete dependency. Now, yeah, yeah, they're breathing on their own, you know. Right, right. uh, We don't have to teach them how to fill their diaper. They do that. Yep, very good at that. But, um, But they're completely dependent. They can't go anywhere without a parent. Mm -hmm. Uh, they can't eat without a parent. Um, They're not changing their own clothes. They're just completely dependent. And Mm -hmm. and there's joy in that for a parent. Um, It's exhausting, obviously, Mm -hmm. and for many reasons, and for a long period of time. Um, But there is a complete dependence. But even in that, like there's no communication. And the right. communication is just crying. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> Wish you could just tell me. Yes. You know, are you are you tired or are you hungry or do you need a diaper changed or is something physically yep. wrong? Yep. And so just complete dependence. And there's a a self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, I don't think there's a a reasoned self-centeredness, but they're just completely dependent and needing from others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great description of the spiritual infant mm-hmm. is that there's dependence. Mm-hmm. So, But I do, and maybe I'm skipping way too far ahead on this, just a word of encouragement. But it's as parents, as you see that infant develop and start to do things on their own, there is a sense of accomplishment and excitement because you are raising them up. And so even though somebody may be in this stage now spiritually, remain encouraged. Like it, it takes time and it might take more effort now and more <clears throat> just exertion <laughs> of yeah. energy, yeah. but there is progress to be made. And like the, when you start seeing those fruits, that's going to be a huge boost. Absolutely. I, and I think that's the component of the no greater. That's why we would describe this as an area of no greater joy for the Christian. Yes. Yep. You know, because the joy of seeing your children grow spiritually or, or grow physically, excuse me, mm-hmm. you know, seeing them progress, you know, um, seeing your children go from this infancy to toddler to elementary yeah, once they start middle walking. school. Yeah, all there's, of a sudden, there's this joy when they start to crawl. Wow, that's look right. At that. They're crossing the room now. Then to start walking, there's another level of joy, and yeah. you're going to see that spiritually as you're alongsiding with these individuals. Yeah, and as you see a growing independence, mm-hmm. now there's worries and fears and <laughs> concerns in each of those areas and each of those stages. Every yeah. stage has its own difficulty. 
But there is a general joy as you watch your children grow. Mm-hmm. And that growth is natural. Now, there are there's obvi- there, there's certain disabilities. Like when we look at our children and be like, well, certain things should be happening right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not, okay, something, maybe there's a, a disability there that we need to be aware of. Um, but in general... It happens. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's the promise of Philippians 1, that he who began the good work in you spiritually will complete it. Mm-hmm. And so even though, even with our children, oh, they were walking at nine months. Well, they were walking at 16 months. Like, and even I'll use the illustration of potty training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like in the middle of potty training, it was like, oh, my word. This is never going to happen. And I kept trying to encourage myself, give myself just some hope. And I'm like, all right, at the time I was working with teenagers. And I'm like, none of the teenagers that I know are wearing diapers. (laughs) It will happen. It will happen. It may, every child is different. And so that's the hard thing with these categories. Every person is different, but it happens. And and God God is good and gracious and active in that way. Believers are going to grow. True believers are yes. going to grow. Yep. And so um, it's going to happen. Physically, it's going to happen. Spiritually, it's going to happen. So we rabbit trailed there a little bit. But yep. I mean, this, um, this the infancy. All right. All right so it's back on track. So anyway, back on back yeah. on track. Back onto our notes. Stay here. on so, target. All right, Luke, re-aim here. All right. So thinking about the spiritual infant. And mm-hmm. yep. right, what is the spiritual infant? Now, what is their response to the word? Yeah, and I think um, the Hebrews passage hints at this. Actually, both the Hebrews and the author of First Corinthians is this idea of milk. So the carnal person's response to the word of God or the spiritual infancy is, you know what? There's milk. It's it's not meat. So we're not. It's not this hard um, solids. But it's milk. It's it's the beginning. It's the early. Now we could spend podcasts talking about all right, what's milk, what's meat, what's whatever. Um, I don't I don't necessarily want to spend a whole lot of time with that. But it's but you think about an infant. The body is not skilled and ready for the solids. Mm-hmm. All right, and so what you need is you need you're dependent upon others. Um, whereas the the carnal or the natural person can hear and there can be an understanding, yes, okay, God loves the world, but there's not a reception and a receiving of it, mm-hmm. okay, and an internalizing. Whereas now as a spiritual infant, they're receiving the Word of God, they're internalizing it, but it's just that someone else is giving it to them, mm-hmm. all right? So you have this dependence, or you need a teacher to do the hard work. So for instance, you know, there's some parents that, you know, some, you know, they'll go to the store and they'll get the the milk or the formula. But a child needs that parent to take the dry mixture, to put it together, mm-hmm. and to give, you know, so that it's palatable so that that child can take it in. Well, you know, the spiritual infant needs a teacher. You know, 
Paul or the author of Hebrews challenges the Hebrews, you know, he's like, listen, you're stuck in this spiritual infancy. Um, at this point in your life, you should be teaching up. You should be taking it, mixing it, and giving it to other people. Mm -hmm. But you're still needing a teacher to tell you this is what it is. All right. And so when it comes to the carnal person's response to the word of God, there's there's a hunger, there's this awakened desire, but I'm needing others to teach me and to explain it to me. I'm receiving it, but I'm depending upon you to tell me, okay, this is what it means. Mm -hmm. This is, oh, okay, you know, it's like a spoon feeding. And so I, I think it's important as an alongsider, as we as we think about we're trying to understand and identify where this other person is, as a spiritual infant, that person is going to be dependent upon me to help explain the scriptures. This is who Jesus is. This is where it is in scripture. I'm going to read this. This is what is meant as uh, when Paul is writing this, you know, uh, go here. Jesus is saying that it's like that person is dependent upon me to show me where and to give it. Um, but in general, there's there's a hunger. There's an awakened desire, but they need a teacher. Mm -hmm. They're unskilled in the word of righteousness, but the, and there's a reliant. Just as an infant is reliant upon the parents, this spiritual infant is reliant on the person who's coming alongside them. All right? All right, and so let's move to the next. What is this uh, individual, what would their response to God himself look like? So the carnal person's response to God is, I think, an interesting one. I, I think in general the spiritually dead person is, there's a, there's a pushing away of God, there's a rejection. The carnal person's response is, there's an acceptance and there's awareness. There's there's a love and a dependence, but also think about this physical infant's response to the parents. You know, there there is a bond that's unexplainable, but there is a bond between a parent, an, an infant, and their their mom or father. They recognize the voice. You know, oftentimes there. It recognizes the difference between two adults. We see it in the nursery all the time. Absolutely. You know, where, okay, the infant is responding to its mother's embrace different than the other nursery worker. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you explain that? Well, y it's natural. Mm -hmm. All right. And so the spiritual infant's response to God is, is, is the same kind of thing, where there's an awakening and an acceptance, and a calming, and, and there's an awareness we recognize. But just with the infant, it is very me-centered. Mm -hmm. You know, the infant's response to the parents is not what, what I can do in response to my parents' love for me. Like, this is my parents I want to love. Mm -hmm. It's rather, this is what my parents do for me. Mm -hmm. And there's a dependence, and, and there's really kind of a... I need my parents to clothe me, to change me, to feed me. So there's really a, a me kind of focus with in the response to good. 
So, and I think in, in a lot of other ways, there's the concern is okay. What can God for do to me? And there's little concern for others and for God. Um, think of the the children of Israel after Egypt, after they came out of Egypt. Their primary concern: What is God going to do for me? Mm-hmm. We need this. We need this. We need this. We need this. We would have been better off to stay. That's right. We would have been, you know, when <laughs> it got hard, it was like, back. you don't love me. You know, you know, so um, the children of Israel in their infancy were so focused on what is God doing for me? Yeah. And not the other way around, mm-hmm. really. So, and I think in general, that's what that, that defining mark of, of a spiritual infant, this carnal person, this one who's still. We've been saved, but this the 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 deadness is still kind of there. Mm-hmm. That is me focused, and it's just this overly over concern for themselves, the human way, the worldly way, if you want to put it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what about their response to sin itself? So, the carnal person's response to sin. Um, I probably would want to use the description that Paul uses in Romans 7, where sin is a law, all right? Um, The carnal person's response to sin is, show me the lists. What can I do? What can't I do? And so there's, there's a list, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that, do this. And so it's very list-oriented. It's law-kind of rooted. Um, And probably the most defining mark of this, but it works itself out specifically here, is there is a real back-and-forth struggle, all right? And so there is a growing, there, there's, okay, I know that I can't do this, and I should do this, which is Romans 7. Mm-hmm. But there is just this constant back and forth struggle. I'm doing the things that I don't want to do, and I'm not doing the things that I do want to do. I, I know what I need to do. I've been taught, don't do this, but I really want to do it. Yep. And I need to do this, and, but, I, but I'm not doing it. And so this defining is this back and forth. So there's giving into sin, but then we'll have a a rejection of it, but then we're back to it. Mm-hmm. So there's like very it, it oftentimes seems like it's it's two steps back, forward and one step back, two mm-hmm. forward, one back, two forward, one back when it comes to a sense of sin. And oftentimes there's a struggle and a sense of victory. Now, I will say, and I'm getting ahead of ourselves. As we grow spiritually, there's not going to be a sense of complete victory over sin. Right. Because as we grow spiritually, there is a growing sense of sinfulness. Mm-hmm. All right. Where, and I like to liken this to, you know, sin within our own hearts, and I've used this with people that, you know, with spiritual counseling or other other context is, like, think of our heart like a room. And when we get saved, God turns that light on, but the light 
oftentimes just kind of is shining in a corner and we're made aware of areas in our lives and sin in our lives and we focus on that. And as we grow, the light kind of fills more and more of the room. But more, but the more light there is, the more sin I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if we would have just turned the light onto the entirety of our heart, it's just like this overwhelming sense of sinfulness. Oh, my mm-hmm. word, this is horrible. I have so much to do. But God in his grace just kind of shines that light in a growing, in a small but growing way. Mm-hmm. And in a, I think in a lot of ways, it's a gracious, merciful thing. Absolutely. But as we grow, we begin to realize, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wretched man that I am. Yes. <laughs> Who's going to save me from this? Um, and it's funny, I, I, so there is a sense. It's not as if as we progress and grow spiritually and we, you know, we're able to, to grow into that spiritual leader that we'll talk about, that there is a sense of wow, I don't struggle with sin anymore. Right. There's no more sin in my life. Oh, my goodness, this is amazing. No, there is a growing sense, but there's also a growing in grace, mm-hmm. in, in a recognition that as I'm made aware, we're handling it, we're dealing with it, we're confessing in it, and, and it's a it's a growing grace. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we'll talk... We can talk more about that. But I think in general, when it talks about this carnal, the spiritual infant's response to sin is uh, there's a great greater concern with lists and law, um, and there's a real back and forth. I mm-hmm. mean, it, their life is just defined by back and forth. Victory, giving into sin, victory, giving into sin. It seems like there's very little progress that's happening two steps forward one step back mm-hmm. so so that's the response to all right so what are to sin. what are some goals as we're alongsiding an individual like this what are some goals we should have in mind well i think it's the goals that we have for our growing children you know we have these goals for our infant to become a toddler and there's just this growing sense of dependent independency all right uh, it's foolish for us to to treat a a one year old like we would treat a high school senior, right. you know. Um, and so I think we have some of these goals. If there's a word that perhaps we could kind of put onto this for this goal is, it's in relation to that back and forth struggle. It's this idea of you know we would just want some stabilization. You know we want a good foundation. And we want there to be this stability. And um, within this stability, we're developing a loyalty to God, a, a confidence in God, a confidence in the gospel, a, a foundation and being able a, a centeredness, if you will, to who they are in Christ, and and in others, and God centered, a treasuring God, a loving God, and so to build this stabilization, this foundation, our goals then are their own, just spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And so because we want to build that strong foundation, 
how we build that is just encouraging in the development of the, of the spiritual disciplines. And just as every infant needs a parent, every spiritual infant needs an alongsider, mm-hmm. a spiritual mentor, someone who can someone who can feed the spiritual soul, someone who can change the spiritual diaper, mm-hmm. someone who can clothe the spiritual body, you know, like to say, hey, come on, this is what you need. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to wear. This is how you, you know, how we respond. Here's the truth. And so you're developing the daily routines. You're developing mm-hmm. that spiritual kind of mindset. And and I think a big part of that is developing our spiritual disciplines, a regular time in the Word of God, you know, working through, you know, there's discipleship material. I mean, there's just a an endless amount of resources for us, and we do recommend them. Um, but it's, I think the spiritual disciplines, regular time in the Word of God, regular time in prayer, mm-hmm. um, in worship, uh, I think are... Um, in, in another element of that is involving them in our lives. You know, you think about spiritual mentorship, you think about a teacher, The one of the geniuses of of a school is especially in and I think it's on purpose in the elementary age is you have one primary teacher for the year. Mm-hmm. So you have this one person, this one voice speaking to a lot of different areas. You know, and so that stabilization for mm-hmm. a young child, mm-hmm. I think, is really important. And so, you know, these spiritual infants need that one person to whatever. But I think in general, that one person to come alongside and say, I'll feed you. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you. I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll be with you. Um, and that kind of mentorship, that kind of alongsiding to say, hey, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. I'll be there for you. That's the beauty of the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we're looking to, we're looking for stabilization. So all right. Anything else comes to mind you want to hit on with the, this idea of this category or No, I don't think so. I think I that's think, about it, right? Yeah, I All think right. that kind of is a good summary of this of this category, this carnal is spiritual infancy. And I think it's you know, maybe one of the takeaways are as I'm thinking of these categories, where am I? Mm-hmm. You know, where am I in this? What do I need? But uh, who are the people that God has put in my life? Do they fit this category? So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. thanks for walking through that with us. And yeah. um, if you're listening, thanks for hanging in there and listening with us. Hope this is a benefit to you. And uh, we'll come back in our next episode and we'll move into the next category, uh, which will be the spiritual person. And so uh, looking forward to talking about that when we get to it. And so, um, again, if you need a copy of this grid, this uh, paperwork that we're working through, we have that available. Come see us. Ask Pastor Steve. Ask yep. myself. Uh, we'll get you a copy. And uh, just as a thank you for knowing that you're listening, maybe we'll throw a candy bar your way. <laughs> and That's so right. uh, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Very good. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.